Hello and welcome to Holly's Hotspurs, where I, your host, Holly Agambar, will be talking all the latest news and gossip, along with a few heated opinions on the club we all love, Tottenham Hotspur. Now you can watch this unfold live with me and my guests over on YouTube at my channel, Holly Agambar. But for now, let's sit back and discuss what has been happening at Tottenham. Hopefully, we've been living lavish. Uh, it's Holly's Hotspurs back with another one Chatting all things Tottenham, we're second to none Special guests every time, if it's win, lose or draw The passion is high like Harry Kane when he scores Or when Lloris makes a world-class save We got Hoybier running the mid every game Settle down, stick around, share your thoughts with the panel And make sure you're subscribing to the channel Coys Hello and welcome to another episode of Holly Sports Bears Live, where once again we are talking about a win, ladies and gents. And with me tonight to dissect everything, I am joined by three fabulous guests. First of all, I am honoured to have MBE Richard Whitehead, Paralympic gold medalist. How are you this evening, mate? Yeah, really good, especially after a great win at the weekend. Mm. It always spoils my week when Spurs play crap in the, at the weekend, so I'm really pleased and happy. <laughs> Everybody knows when Spurs have lost. <laughs> this smile never comes out all week. <laughs> I love that. I love that. No, it's good to be smiling. Um, also with us, we have Wes. Wes, how are you this night, uh, tonight as well? Yeah, all good. Thank you, Holly. Thank you for having me back on as well. Um, as Richard said, it's always good um, when Spurs win. Um, and yeah, can't stop smiling either, to be fair. Nah, it is decent. And also we have Max as well, mate. How are you this evening? Smiley as well? <laughs> always smiley, always smiley, especially after a Spurs victory, like everyone said. And yeah, it's just looking forward to dissecting the game, talking about it. And like, it's so much easier after after a victory, isn't it? No, oh, definitely. Tell me about it. Not after last season when I was miserable nearly every week to discuss a loss. Um, but no, it's great to obviously talk about that one nil win uh, against Wolves at the weekend. So, further ado, before we start and go into it, I just want to do the whole admin things. I mean, Chris is in here already with the great surname, so welcome in, Chris, and to everybody else that is tuning in. If you are rewatching this, thank you very much for tuning in as well, um, and make sure that you listen, subscribe, and all the good stuff. So, first of all, let's crack off with it. So, Richard, I come to you first. Obviously, we had a change in the lineup. Um, and that was the fact that Perisic was starting over Sessegnon. So how did you kind of feel about that move of him coming straight into the start of 11? Well, I think, um, obviously, with, with performances previous to that, even though um, Sess shows great potential, I think is the end result with um, delivery just hasn't really been there. And um, from that, I think that's why the change has been made. So um, I think also... What they were looking for is they were looking for um, some consistency um, up that wing. And obviously Perisic with his world-class um, delivery, performance, experience. At some point he's going to pass that through to Cesc, but um, I think it was always going to happen. And you saw, obviously with the assist, the um, what he actually brought to the team. Um, and, for, and for me, I think that's also needed on the other side. Uh, uh, Perisic really does show um, what the Spurs side needed last season and that was that delivery. Yeah, definitely. And I think you're right. I think Sessegnon can learn a lot from Perisic. I know uh, last episode we were talking about how he's going to feed um, into Sessegnon what he can develop and learn from Perisic. But Wes, well, kind of like what Richard said, he gives something different down that kind of wing. And we saw that throughout the game, not even 
for the flick as well onto Kane for the goal. But it was his persistence to go down that flank and put a good cross in. Yeah, I think with Perisic, you kind of, whenever he gets the ball, you know what he wants to do. He wants to try and square up that opposing fullback, shift it onto his left and, and put a cross in. And usually his crosses sort of go towards the back post. Um, and I think he tried to do that um, on a consistent basis um, throughout the game, uh, obviously against Wolves at the weekend. So, yeah, I did feel a little bit sorry for Cesc, um against Chelsea because I think he was getting a bit peppered um, down that particular side and, you know, just got really outnumbered. I think Tuchel done a bit of a number on us on that side and he was the one that kind of suffered from that. Um, but I think obviously with the delivery, you know, as Richard has mentioned with, with Perisic, and we saw that in that Chelsea game as well for, for the equaliser, um, you know, when his experience coming into the team, I think it's only going to, it's only going to help us hopefully moving forward. So, um, yeah, I think the decision to kind of swap Cesc and Perisic was kind of justified in a way just off of that last game. Um, but yeah, it looked like Perisic had a, had a decent game, I'd say. Um, I wouldn't say he was outstanding or amazing, but I think he was solid um, is how I would put it. No, that's a good chat. I mean, I think for the fan vote, he did get uh, man of the match. And I thought, like you said, it, it wasn't like amazing, but he was probably the best player that was giving chances to other players to do something. We, we lack that kind of crossing ability, a bit like Richard said, inside on the other side as well, which we'll get into Emerson a bit later. But at least deliveries were coming in from him. But Max, it wasn't just the delivery, because this week you also got the assist, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. He's He offers so much to this side. I mean, Sessegnon is a player we all want him to do well. We know he's got the ability and we say this time and time again. But the fact Perisic is coming from a league being like one of the highest or like set piece, like we know that he can create, we know that he can score. So every time he gets the ball, it was like, it was actually kind of exciting. And I feel like that's the sort of player he is. Like everyone who says, oh, how's he doing this for his age? I think people forget now. Age is just a number now in football, especially with how healthy, fit the players can be. So every time, I can see him starting a lot of games, to be honest. I mean, you feel, you feel confident every time he got the ball. Every time he got the ball, I was so confident about us going forward. There was times where you don't think he'll be able to get the cross in and he wraps his foot around it, left or right foot, obviously. And I think that just shows like what he's all about. He's he's a bit he, he could you could play him anywhere. You could play him that left wing. I still reckon if you put him where in Son's position, he'd be able to do a job. Maybe not 90 minutes, of course, but he, he's shown time and time again. And I think that's why Conte's brought him in. Um he obviously, like Wes said, no one was outstanding on that football pitch. It was it was dire. That first half, it was oh, it was it was horrible to watch at times. Um, and it just takes that little bit of class. I mean, with his head this time to flick it to the back post. And obviously, who else is going to be there other than Harry Kane with a, obviously a record break of goal? Mm. No, definitely. And I think you're right. Like you said, but the first half, and we'll get into it a bit later, but the first half was pretty diabolical, um, to say the least. But like you said, you needed that moment of class and Perisic was the man, obviously, to deliver that flick back to Kane. But Richard, it shows that obviously our set-piece taker, or not set-piece taker, sorry, our set-piece man that's coming up with these set-pieces is actually working on the offensive kind of side of things. Yeah, for sure. And and going back to like Perisic as well, I think if, we're, if we've got aspirations to be uh, higher than top four, then we need not to be sentimental about the players that's in the team. We need to have players that are um, title-winning um, top three players and Sessegnon at the moment with all aspects of his game aren't, aren't where they should be and the same with obviously Emerson on the other side and if uh, Conte is obviously saying that they're the pinnacle to how we play then we need to have those 
those players that are able to um, dominate in those areas. Perisic is definitely um, somebody that I believe can do that with somebody like Sessegnon coming in when Fatih uh, sets in with Perisic. Perisic will play, like you say, Max, a lot of games, especially against mm-hmm. uh, the bigger teams at home. Um, and yeah. Holly, like you said, um, I think with having um, a free kick stroke set play specialist within the team, you, they're going to be working uh, quite heavily with players such as Perisic because he's obviously on a lot of those um, on a lot of those situations. Sonny, obviously, with with, with um, corners, but then obviously that rotates slightly. Um, and has that taken something away from Sonny's game in the last last couple of games? I think I think a lot of people have said that obviously because of Sonny's um, form has not been where it should have been. Um, I think maybe that's because his role in the team's changed slightly, and um, and maybe Sonny's just having to get used to having real quality players of, of delivery within the team that maybe can take some of the workload from him. Um, and he hasn't he hasn't been like on point. You look at some of the chances had over the last couple of weeks. There's some of those snap snap chances that he had last season that he just kind of buried. He's obviously miskicked and more his time has not been there this season yet. No, you make a brilliant point. And I think bringing on to Son, like you said, there's been a lot of chat of dropping in him and let Richie start the next game. Um, and part of you is kind of like, yeah, OK, let Rich, let Richardson have a go because Sonny's head clearly isn't in it. And then part of you thinks, but it's Son. Um, and I think you make a great point there, Richard, mm-hmm. in the sense that maybe his role in the team is changing. He's trying to adjust that. I mean, Wes, what's your kind of thoughts on, on Sonny at the moment? Um, yeah, Sonny, obviously, I think with Sonny, and I was mentioning this to a couple of people actually sort of over the weekend, it's almost like if he gets one goal early, as we saw last season, obviously he scored in the first couple of games of the season, he then goes on a run and he just flies. But then other seasons we've seen where it takes him ages to get into it. But then once he gets one goal, he's fine. Um, and obviously with his quality, we know that the goals are going to come eventually. It's just a case of when and not if. But I think sometimes when you watch him, it's like if he's not scoring or assisting, you're kind of thinking like, what's he doing? Like, what's he bringing to the team? And, um, you know, usually it would be making those really darting runs, those penetrative runs in behind. You know, we've seen over the years when we had obviously like Toby with the with the pings over the top, he would get in behind. I know Dyer's sort of taken on that role a little bit more now. Um, and you see it. I think we did even saw it on Saturday, the one that Dyer sort of wrapped around the, sort of behind Wolves' back line for Sonny to, to get in. But, yeah, it just feels like at the minute something's just not quite clicking. But, um, you know, I fully expect I fully expect him to mm-hmm. to come good eventually. It's just a case of when, I think, and not if. Even his energy on the press. I think if you watch watch how he's, like, how the team, obviously, Contes want every, everybody to press when they're out of, out of possession. And Sonny just doesn't seem to be into that at the moment. And I think that's why the first half, the couple of first halves that I've watched, I've gone, well, we're not really pressing from the front mm-hmm. and Harry's kind of doing a little bit. And then mm-hmm. Kulicheski's trying to do everything down that side. And I think Sonny's maybe just not really into that press at the moment. And whether he's got a bit of fatigue from the off-season or, or he's kind of, like say, just readjusting, I think that's that's probably an issue for the first half I of think- the game. I think it's also part of like our expectancy with Sonny now. Everyone just feels like it's good to, that, right? it's good to say that we want him to play. Hundred percent. We 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 know what that's what I mean. We know what he can do. We know his ability. We know his goal scoring record. Like you don't just win the golden boot for no reason. 
Like he's a he's an exciting player. You, we know, you know he's going to make chances. So when he's not doing this, everyone's got that little bit of doubt. And it's like, how how many games do you keep going before? you are allowed to make a change because we've never actually been able to have a change because you looked at the bench in recent seasons and we've, like, no disrespect to, like, your Lucas Moras, your Bergwines, all of them, but they just never cut it. So now being able to see a £60 million striker or forward, should I say, in Richarlison, it's like, it's not because Son's bad, it's because Richarlison looks up for it. Like, look at Richarlison, he's come on, like, the recent game he came against Chelsea. These two games where the results could have gone completely different he's he's helped to change that so it's not like oh just see out 20 minutes see if son has a snapshot as a goal it's make it's make a change while we can like it's nice to have these options like we haven't had options before so let's it's not about slating if it was Kulusevsky that was that was on a down I would I'd be saying the same thing it's just it's it's son and everyone because it's son like golden boy Mr nice guy we all love him. You want to see him do well, but it's it's just nice to have a change sometimes. Yeah, it's almost like how long do you wait to to put Richarlison in? Because like you said, he looks hungry. He's made a difference every time he's come on. If it means the roles are reversed, start Richie, then bring Son on, and then Son's hungry. Like It, it could be that kind of thing. Um, but it is really interesting to see the fan base kind of split on it. Um, and you never want to see him not do well. I think we just, I think just needs a bit of a rest or a bit of a, a refocus. Um, like you've all kind of said, mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem to be clicking at the moment. Um, but for one guy that it is clicking for, Richard, is uh, Harry Kane because he's breaking records once again. Yeah, he's obviously um, he's one of those one of those strikers where historically like a bit of a slow starter. Um, I think that all depends on obviously pre-season. You look at the pre-season games he's had this year; he's been not on it. Obviously, even though it was um, obviously a, a Korean tour, so and again, you kind of look at the the aspects of that. Maybe Sonny's obviously kind of that's been kind of real kind of energy zapping or the stuff that he had to do over there, and how he just kind of stepped up in those games uh, and looked very sharp. And obviously, Sonny uh, didn't really kind of do that for me um, and as a, as a performance athlete I look at all those kind of really key factors on on how when you're putting a team together especially in the Premier League you've got to be on it every game uh, and Harry knows year after year after year and he's learned from his mistakes with ages now kind of maturing as not only as a, an England international captain and uh, um Lead, leading goal scorer, but also within the team as well, and he's maturing to know what his role is, and it's in that box. Like Conte wants him in between those two posts, scoring those goals, and uh, you don't doubt that he's going to miss. He's like obviously um, in training, obviously they're they're, they're practicing these kind of set piece um, scenarios, as well as Harry's obviously the last person off the training pitch um, with the finishing drills, and you can see. That's what that's what professional athletes do. Is he's world class, clearly world class, and uh, it's a it's an honour to have him at our club, really. And I think as fans, we we kind of see him every season, and we might have lost him the other season, obviously to Man City, and we didn't. Um, and I think even though last season it was a little bit of a struggle, uh, kind of getting him motivated, I think he's really brought into the Conte philosophy and we're reaping the awards uh, this season. I think he's going to have a really good season this season, but we still do need a couple more signings to to make sure that we're in that position moving forwards up the league. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you've got Kane beating records this early on, um, you know the kind of factor where he never really scores in August, and he is doing it now. And obviously, Wes, it was a hundred, it's a thousand, sorry, uh, Tottenham Prem goal, and he reached 185 goals for a single club, um, obviously beating Aguero. So that kind of speaks masses for itself, doesn't it? Yeah, no, 100%. I think, um, as Richard said, you know, I think as every Spurs fan would probably agree, we're all pleased that Harry Kane plays for our club. And I think had he moved previously, I don't think fans of other fan bases would appreciate him in the same way that we do. Um, it's almost a bit similar in some respects to when Berbatov left and went to United. We absolutely love Berbatov to pieces and he was a Tottenham player. He goes to United and they all think he's the next Eric Cantona and then it's like, well, hold on a minute, Berbatov's slightly different. But then United fans called him lazy, he was a sulker, everything like that. And they just never appreciated Berbatov really for what he was, apart from when he retired James Collins. Um, so, you know, I've, I've, but like I say, I think Kane is in that similar mould. And, you know, in terms of what, if you want a leader, somebody to lead by example, he is definitely, as, as Richard said, you know, last one on the off the training ground. He's the one that sets the standards. And I think, you know, even a few years back, Danny Rose was saying, like, he is the one that is, you know, sort of first out on the training pitch, the last one off. He's the one doing the extras all the time. Um, and that then, you know, other players are looking around going, well, if he's doing it, I've got to do it because I want to get to his level. Um, and, you know, I think it's only a matter of time before the England record goes, um, you know, he'll be competing, you know, with Ellen White, I think, at this stage um, and, and things like that. And obviously he's chasing down Shearer's record as well. And everybody's very, very confident that that will that will go to it looks Harry athletic Kane. as well. It looks athletic. Yeah, I think I've seen I've seen a few pictures um, from when he was there under when he was with us under Mourinho. And it looked like he'd put on a little bit of timber. Um, I don't know whether that was lockdowns or whatever, but yeah, he's got on a bit of timber. Just eat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just eat and delivery is best way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think now, obviously, like you said, he's looking a lot leaner. He's still looking sharp. I think, obviously, with that Wolves game, I think the only thing perhaps we didn't see too much of was him dropping in and trying to link link the play. And it was mm. almost like we missed that Ericsson type of player that could be able to do that alongside... Um, Kane as well and I think that's why it was another it was sort of a frustrating afternoon for us because we didn't really have any answers to you know our solution our solution usually is if we can't get it out wide and go that way right well Kane will drop in but Wolves seem to do really really well at nullifying both um, both options really um, but yeah I can't sort of say two more on on Harry Kane, else Max won't have much much to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was at, I was actually just about to say, other than when he went one on one at Stamford Bridge and he missed, I nearly cried. Um, yeah. I, I didn't think like oh, because I was sat right behind the goal, probably the best view of that, and it was just like, uh, you know, you're, you when Kane's through, all you're used to ninety nine percent of the time is celebrating. So. For him to miss such a big opportunity, but that's yeah. No, he's been he's been brilliant this season, and as always, he's been the man that we've had to um, ended up relying on. But then that's what that's what he's there for. That's that's why he's that's why he's such a poacher. That's why he's going to break hopefully Shearer's record in uh, in time to come. So yeah, I mean, Wes obviously said that all there is to say about Kane, but I'll give you something, Max, because obviously for the the goal itself. Obviously, he sees that ball come over from um, Perisic's head in a split second, but he's there ready to pounce on it. So it's, I know, like Richard and always have, have talked about, obviously, his killer instinct to get that ball, but 
he's not really seen the flight of the ball and he's still got his head on it. Like it's it's amazing how he's managed to pull that off. He's at the back post and he's like jostling with the centre back and uh, he's like pushing in, they're pushing each other. It's the fact that that split second to turn his defender and suddenly just be five, six yards out, boom, easy header, empty net. It's kind of that's that's what makes the best strikers. Like they, they work on these sort of things. People think that oh, it might have just fell to him, but he's had to get himself into that, that position at the end of the day. And it's kind of similar. I was watching Man City Newcastle and the Harland done it. Harland just pulled himself away, and it looks like it's an easy finish because they make it an easy finish for being in the right place at the right time. And that's that will that happens with these top goal scorers like your Agueros, your like Berbatov, like players. People could say Berbatov was lazy, but the amount of goals he scored just from being in the right place at the right time. That's that's how you do it. I mean, in the Premier League, and that's why if you can do it in the Premier League, you're looked at one of the best because obviously we all say it's the hardest league to do it in. It's the most exciting league. And that's why every team you come up against as well. Like Wolves aren't no walkover. They're, they're a good side. So for Kane to be able to just dig that out of nothing, really, because it's a it's a good little flick back post. But like, you know, if no one's there, Kane makes himself there. So lovely jubbly. That's, uh, that's what we need. If, it, if we're going to be winning games like that, you know what, it's... It's going to be a tough watch, but they're the games that we would normally draw or we would have conceded in the first half and gone on to lose. So there's definitely change around Tottenham at the moment. And it's it's definitely, it's not going to happen overnight. We know that. So let's just obviously, keep going. Obviously, those seven points that we've we've got now are seven points that we didn't have last year. Yeah. And that's important to know that kind of you, you're making progress in those areas. And I know there's a lot of noise about, obviously, our noisy neighbours about how, how well they've started, but Obviously, a lot of their points they've won this season. They already won last year, last year, um, and all. And obviously, momentum is great in the league, but that also that also gets broken. Um, and and teams find out how you play and then adjust to that. And obviously, what's happened is some of the, the teams that they've played this year they're either weaker teams or teams that have come up, and they've not adjusted to obviously their their style of play. And I think this is where Conte is going to have the edge where. Obviously, a great tactician that's able to change from having those wing backs into that back four. I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure that he will do it, play a back four sometimes when um, those wing backs just aren't working. And that's why we need to obviously have that attacking midfielder that may either can start like a Madison or it, um, can come off the bench and then just um, give us a bit more flexibility in that pocket. Mm-hmm. Or even Kane dropping in and then playing. Richarlison, Son, and Kulisevsky with more of a like, kind of a deeper role. Um, I'd love to see that. I'd love. Yeah, to see yeah. That. I well, imagine Perisic like, on the wing backs. Oh, especially if we're at home, like against some of these teams where we're going to have a lot of the ball being the home side. Yeah. Like, just and it's oh, it's just so exciting. Like yeah. the, the things we could just just signing Richarlison opens up like another world. Yeah. Let alone Perisic and just having. Like the whole Perisic talk, I won't talk about him too much, obviously, because we did it at the start. But you don't have to. Conte hasn't got to worry about Perisic because he trusts him. So yeah. it's just like if he can focus that left side's fine. Like I don't have to think about that, and then just just focus on the right hand side. Do you know what I mean? With like whether it's yeah. Emerson or whatnot. So yeah, interesting times. 
No, it is an interesting because, like you said, I think as we know, Conte's tactics is mainly play it down the flanks, and it does work on that side when you've got Perisic or when Sessegnon is feeling confident. It does work because uh, Sessegnon's put some decent balls into the box um, at the start of the season, so it's there. It's like you say, it's it's the other side, isn't it, Wes? I mean, I give credit where credit is due. I don't think Everson's been playing poorly. It's just you know that when he gets into that position to put a cross in, it's it's not going to make the same impact that Perisic does mm-hmm. on the other side. Yeah, no, I think I'm glad he don't work for pizza at Old Domino's because he couldn't deliver anything. Uh, he couldn't deliver a pizza, Emerson. I'm not, honestly. I'm not a fan of Emerson. Like you say, it's it's we get into some really, really promising positions and it's like, right, even even on Saturday, it's like he's up against eight Nuri and you're like, go on, beat him, beat him. And it's, yeah. you know, he's, he doesn't know really what to do. And then he all of a sudden he goes back in towards Kulisevsky and Kulisevsky's like, right, sod it, I'll do it. Um, and, you know, I think Kulisevsky's got really good delivery, but... Um, you know, as the, as the other guys have mentioned, you know, with the wing backs, it's crucial that you have, um, you know, good delivery from from wide areas. Like we've seen it with Perisic from open play and obviously set pieces, but you can't just rely on one person just to keep producing worldly crosses all the time. It needs to happen from both sides. And I think that is potentially why Spence was, was brought in. Um, you know, obviously he's a little bit, he's a little bit younger than Emerson. So, you're looking at it, you know, can he can he develop and True. work on that part of his game? Can beat an egg. <laughs> um, so, yeah, obviously, hopefully with uh, Spencer, obviously when Doherty gets back up to sort of full fitness, because obviously he had a, a, a big injury towards the end of the season, that we might see a, a little bit of a change. But I don't think Conte trusts, as Max said, I don't think he trusts that right-hand side as much as that left-hand side um, mm. as of yet. And I don't know if it's just a personnel thing or... Just that imbalance at the moment. Like I said, yeah. I think you need to be ruthless. I think you need to, if you, it's not good enough, I think you need to upskill the team. I, I, there's three or four places in the team where if, we, if we're saying that we want to be third in the league, they're not going to get us third in the league. And Davis, yeah, he, for me, again, we need to we need to have somebody the kind of... Uh, we don't want a seven out of ten player all the time, and that's what he is. Um, and mm-hmm. he's, he's reliable, yeah, but... Reliable isn't going to get you third. The wing-backs, is a, obviously both sides, has been a problem in the past. I think Perisic maybe would be um, more of a st- storm ward in his position, but definitely that right side. Uh, and then that attacking midfielder that can literally unlock the door when that door slams shut. You remember those those uh, games last season where we'd be playing at home and the away team would just put 11 players behind the ball for 70 minutes and we were just like, what is going on here? We're not even having shots and it's just like sideways yeah. football. Mm-hmm. I think that's the just real sometimes, yeah. Go on, Wentz. Go on, Max. Go. Oh, go for it. <laughs> no, it's just having that player that can just like unlock the door sometimes. Yeah. We haven't we haven't had it for a while. And obviously, we've always said, oh, since since Ericsson, since, since Ericsson. It's like, how do we always know this as the fans? But as, <laughs> as the... As to whether it's been the managers, because there's a couple of managers that have come and gone. Or you could even say three um, or, or four if you were to include Poch. But it's like, how do these, how do the team and that not see this? Like the wing backs, I, obviously, it helps with Conte playing a different formation, different system. So we've been lucky in the respect we haven't needed that player. But there will be games where we need that player because the teams will know how to work us out, and it doesn't take long to work to work us out because. 
Well, I'm just going to keep waffling there. It'll be the best. Yeah, go on, Holly. No, I was just going to say, like, the, the only way around, <laughs> I could think, not having a creative midfielder like your action is potentially Basuma. Because, Wes, you look at Bentancourt, you look at Hoiberg, they're pretty much the same player. If you stick Basuma in there, will he drive with the ball a bit more? Like, I know Hoiberg does that for, for Denmark, but I'm not really seeing it for, for Spurs so much. Yeah, Hoiberg is a player that frustrates me. Um, I was obviously at the game on, on Saturday and it was like any time he had to play off two touch, he would take three or four and it would really slow us down. But then when he had a little bit of time and it was like, right, you can almost take your time, you can take those extra touches. He's pinging 40-yard balls as if like, you know, Daddy Perez from Real Madrid's watching him and you're there going, hang about. Mm. Like, where's this coming from? Um, so, yeah, Hoiberg's one that really, really frustrates me. I think there was also times where the centre-halves have got the ball and they're looking for that player in midfield and it's Hoiberg that's, you know, the deeper one. He's trying to drop in, but he's hiding behind, like, the Wolves players and it's like, just play off their shoulder and then receive on the half-turn and, and try and drive us forward. Um, but I think as for Benton Coy, he's, he's just been a revelation. I think I absolutely love the guy. Um, you know, he gets his tick in. He kind of knows when to speed the game up and slow it down. And I think that kind of game intelligence is something that we've lacked massively in, in midfield. I, I, I'm even going to go as far as to say, like, we haven't had a player like that since Modric, really. Um, so, yeah, I think Benton Cole's made a big impression uh, on me. Oh, don't get me started on Moose with Dembele, Richard. It will oh, be all night. Will be all night. Oh, <laughs> Anyone that knows me knows that I love Moose. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I think I think even so, like with Benton Corey's, I think he, he just needs that foil. And whether that is Basuma, who I'd love to see more of. And I think it will be a case of when, hopefully, and not if, um, that he comes into the team. Because I think, again, he'll offer something different. He's got the capability to like you said, Holly, take the ball, drive forwards with it. Um, but yeah, I think I think we still need that little bit of that creative knack in those in those pockets just to um, you know, get on the ball, link that midfield play to the attacking the attacking unit. And um yeah, hopefully then we will see a little bit a little bit more and a little bit different in terms of the way we're playing. But um yeah, it'll it'll definitely help us. Um but I think Basuma you know, from what he's from what he's done so far, obviously in his Brighton days, he was absolutely brilliant, and I think he's just he's just getting weaned in a little bit um, with Tottenham. But I think he's a player that we're all gonna we're all gonna come to love eventually because he's just it's just gonna be one of those where we're like, how did we survive without him before? Yeah. Um, it's gonna be like a bit of a throwback to when Victor Wanyama was able to move um, sure. and just plug plug holes and plug gaps. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see Basuma a little bit more in this Tottenham team, definitely. And obviously, to get oh, him I can't back wait. In the I can't, can't wait to see him in action. Just like we've seen little bits and not enough. I want to see him like full 90 minutes, you know, when the crowd are behind him at home. Because everyone loves him. They've seen what he can do. It's like new signs. You know, you sign someone new, it's just you want to see him playing all the time because. What was it? I said, we were there the other day. No, I can't remember where it was. It was it a Chelsea game or, or, or it was one of them? And then it was like, there was only one signing out of all the signings that were actually starting. It was like, you, it was when, you, when you sign new players, yeah, yeah. No, it's it not going to change your winning it. formula, though, is it? That's the thing. Right. It's like the, right. the, the main thing is to three points. And uh, he's, he's what's name it. What he's trying to do is he's drip feeding, obviously, the new players into the system. Um, and they're all going to have key parts, clearly, with the amount of games we're going to play. Mm -hmm. And if we go deep into the cup competitions as well, uh, they're all going to have to play. 
No, you're right. I, I just I just like to see maybe, I don't know whether do it against Forrest, we'll get on to that later, but it'd be nice to see him in a different partnership of the likes of Ben Tinker and Hoiberg because that Wolves game, there was a lot of hairy moments, Richard, because I was sat there in the first half thinking if they had a decent striker and if they could finish their dinner, it could be a different story at half-time. <laughs> That's it. Well, yeah, I spoke to one of my... Uh... One of my close work colleagues that I used to work with, and he's a Wolves fan, and he said that's what they were missing—just uh, somebody to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, and they did so many, so much good stuff um, creatively in in the in the first and the middle thirds of the pitch, but at the top of the park, where obviously all the magic happens, they just couldn't um, couldn't d- deliver. So um, it's interesting, though, isn't it? Because we've had a couple of games now where the first halves have been very stale, not on the front foot. Abysmal. Um, yeah, yeah. And not, and, and not really adventurous enough. Um, I don't think they've... They obviously trust Conte's philosophy and how they want him to play. Um, but do they believe in their own ability? Um, maybe, Maybe that's something that they need to have a little bit more kind of work on, especially in that first half. In the second half, obviously, they got a roast and they came out. It was just all different. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think if you've got the weapons on the bench, it's just as fans and as obviously a manager, he's going, look, whatever, if we go in 2-0 down, we've, we can bring these guys on that can massively change the game. What we want to see is we want the whistle goes and they're on it from straight mm-hmm. from from minute one. And that's where we maybe need to make those two or three acquisitions to reinforce that. And these other guys that I still mm. think, yeah, they're not really showing it still. They need to, like em- how, Emerson, how, Doherty, I just think, they're not How do we get the philosophy? Go on, mate. Sorry, Richard. How, how do we get the philosophy of just like coming out full guns blazing from the first minute? Because like you said, it's two games now. They've had to wait till half time for anything to really get going, and we've been lucky, like very fortunate. That's not going to happen very often again. Um, yeah. You can't ride all season having a bad first half because who's to say the second half's not going to always be? It could be like the first. So yeah. I just don't well, know. With some, I don't know how. Like, I mean, Wolves have plenty of chances. It's pushing up the pitch, of... isn't it? It's just it's yeah, just committing it's, um, those players further up. We're just not ruthless enough from from the from the first minute. We're just inviting like Wolves had a lot of possession that first half, and like Polly yeah. said, if they had a goal scorer on the pitch, like they could have easily ne- ne- next one. There was one header just wide. There was one that I think Larice he was lucky he could have taken it round him, but luckily the angle was a bit bit harsh on him. And there's you find yourself one or two down, especially two down. If we'd gone two 0 down or something, that was game over. Especially in the Chelsea game, it was just. Yeah. I don't know. I hate happens. It's like there's no point watching the first forty-five minutes at, at times because you know. <laughs> Turn up at half time. <laughs> yeah. Why have I got to wait till half time? <laughs> I know. I know. That's the thing. I, I think to myself, if if we do get a goal in front, are we still going to keep pushing? Because we haven't really been in. I know. Obviously, against Southampton, Ward Prowse scores first. Then it was a kick up the butt to go and score some goals. Chelsea, we go two 0 down. Kick up the butt. We finally find the draw. And then against these, if that was, say, that we went behind again, it'd be the same scenario. What happens when, God forbid it, we score a goal, a goal first, Wes? Do you, do you hope that we do kick on? Like, it's a very strange, I can't believe I'm talking about it, but it's a strange conundrum to think about because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it's interesting because, um, if we, like you say, if we do score the first goal, it's almost like, I feel like with us, under Conte especially, we are a second-half team. 
a hundred percent. And it's almost like, like you said, whatever the Southampton scenario, we go a goal down and it kind of wakes us up a little bit. It's like, hold on, we've got to start playing here. Um, but I think we've seen, especially under Conte, um, you know, if we do go a goal up, it's like, right, OK, we'll see how the next sort of five, ten minutes goes. We know there's going to be an onslaught of pressure from the opposition. Um, and then I think we just go full counter. Um, you know, I think the prime example of that was City away um, last season. Obviously, we scored really, really early. And it was just a case of, right, let's just ride this wave of and wave of City pressure. But we know that because they play really high, there's going to be a lot of space in behind. And we've got the players to run in behind um, and, and capitalise on it. So I think it's almost that leading and luring that opposition into false sense of security to then hit them on the break. And obviously with the front three or even now four with Richarlison, we've got players that are more often than not clinical in front of goal and they do take their chances when they when they get them. So I think that is probably how um, it will work if we, if we ever do score an early goal um, this season. Yeah, I think it's just it was just a strain. It literally came to my head. I was thinking to myself, actually, we haven't actually gone in front first yet. What's gonna happen? Um, but no, slightly back to obviously the game at the weekend. I just want to talk about obviously Sanchez. And I probably I'm probably not his biggest fan because of his Bambi legs sometimes. But Max, I'll come to you first. It was another clean sheet from him, so I can't be too harsh on him. Um I'm not I'm not his biggest fan either. I feel like he's just prone to a mistake. Especially if when he's next to Emerson, there's no chance um, I can see those two like at the back together. They actually scare me. If you're coming up against the good good attackers, players that know what they're doing, they will they will they will punish you. Um, he's just not this player that we all thought he was going to be. Unfortunately, you know, as soon as Romero's fit, he's getting swapped back out, and I think that just goes to show like that you you need another centre back. I'd, I, I see you. You see everyone like, yeah, it's all well and good because because we got three points, yeah. But watch everyone jump on their backs as soon as as soon as we can see the couple of goals, as soon as we have a loss, and everyone will realise that we do need another centre back. As soon as there was that Romero injury scare, we're thinking, oh, we could be out for like more than a couple of weeks. God, everyone was like instantly transfer market, transfer market. No one even said, oh, don't worry, we've got Sanchez. Don't worry, we've got Lenglet. It was just, go, oh, we need to go 30, 40 million on another centre back, and I think that just goes to show. That, that proves it, doesn't it? That that just shows there's no faith there. Mm. And I think so, you're right. Like, yes, sorry, Max, I keep cutting you off. I think I think you're right in the sense that obviously I'm thinking the same. If I could, I think we'd all choose Romero. I'd rather choose Romero with one, obviously, if he was on it by himself, just him there all the time. Um, mm. But we can't have that because obviously you can't. Um, so, I mean, Richard, you're kind of on the same stance. I mean, the transfer window hasn't finished yet. It's not ended. Are we going to get the likes of, I know this name, Bastoni's been ringing around, but I think that's pretty much done now. I don't think he's coming in. But we need someone of that calibre, I feel, yeah. to come in we, we, before we the We need more signings coming in uh, for those positions because they're key positions. I'm, I'm actually, um, with certain players, you look at different behaviours that they had, especially previous seasons. And I think um, Sanchez, for me, has definitely improved. Um, he, he worries me when he's either laterally passing the ball or passing the ball backwards when he's moving the ball forwards or running onto the ball he's fine when he does that silly thing when he slides for the ball with both legs I really don't like that when he thinks he's like if I slide with both legs I'll be fine but if they bring the ball back on themselves then you're like 20 20 meters off the pitch I'm like why you do that don't commit yourself fully um he's improved I think his his mentality I think he He's he is a good cover player for Romero. 
uh, Romero's obviously a, a, was a great find um, by the club and a truly international world-class player in the making um, that other clubs are like going, wow, this is a proper, like fully committed centre-back, dominates play, great on the ball. Um, if he makes a mistake, he never dwells on it. He's always moving forwards. Sanchez is one of those where you can tell, even with his demeanour, if he makes a mistake, it like it's on him all all game. And luckily, like you're saying, Max, at the moment we've had the games that it enables him to gain confidence moving forwards. I think we might not sign a centre back because I don't think there's a centre back that the club actually wants at the moment. So that's why they're looking at like championship centre backs because they're saying actually the ones that we want are actually committed to the club for another year or they're just not available. Um, and I think with Conte's kind of interviews, you kind of, when you dissect them, you can kind of real, really think where he's going with his transfers. So he's, he's kind of saying if anybody goes out in those positions, the club's wanted to replace them, which is great, but the club aren't going to overcommit uh, their funds to players just for the sake of it. Which is also great knowing because in the past we've bought silly and the players just haven't really uh, delivered. You were talking, Holly, about some of the players before. Um, and fans as well, when you, your expectation is so high and they just come in and they're not, they've not bought into the philosophy, that's worse than not having the players there at all, I believe. No, I think you're spot on. Obviously, we won't mention one name because he's, he's now gone out on loan. But it's true. You say you, you can splash all the cash and he comes in and he's not the type of player you thought he was. So it would be silly to throw money at someone that you're not too sure on. But yeah, like you said, I don't think Sanchez is obviously going to be one that would take the reins off Romero, no chance. But maybe he is OK for rotate. I mean, Wes, are you kind of on the same point of that before we move on to obviously Forrest next weekend? Yeah, I think Sanchez is job... And his role has definitely changed within the team. Um, I think, obviously, when he come in, it was like, yeah, wow, we've got a, a young up-and-coming centre-back. And it was like he could pretty much be anything he wanted to be. Sadly, he decided to become Bambi on ice, um, which was a real shame. Um, but, yeah, I think now, obviously, with the likes of obviously Romero, as the, as the boys have said there, top-class centre-back, up there with you know one of the best in the world um, for me. And I think... Look, if you look, if you're asking a a squad player effectively, which is what Sanchez is now, to come in, do a job, he's kept a clean sheet. There wasn't really too many times where I was actually worried. It was more almost the other side where where sort of Pedro Neto was, and when he was driving forwards, that was the real threat for me. So I was so glad when Bruno Lager took him off. I really was. Um, I said to my dad, I was like, I'm so glad he's gone. Um, he's like been taken off because um, I thought he was absolutely excellent for Wolves. Him, Matinho, and Neves for me were were in line for man of the match um, on Saturday. And I don't know how it's gone to Hoiberg, but that's another conversation, I think. Um, so yeah, but like I say, for a squad player, I think he, he does he does okay. Um, and it's one of those when a squad player comes in, you're not expecting too much anyway because they're not going to start every week. Um, but yeah, I think he done he done all right. Can't really complain. He's kept a clean sheet. Didn't look too worried. Um, but yeah, it, my worry is if he does start, obviously against Forest, that is that's going to be a huge worry because I think that's a trickier game than uh, than people are, are, are making out. Um, to be honest, mm-hmm. 
and that leads us in lovely Wes, to the next bit which was well rehearsed i like that um which is obviously we do have forest next um and and going off their kind of results i mean they've they've lost two nils newcastle they won versus west ham but they obviously drew to everton so max from that what's your kind of takes i mean we spoke about walls being someone we need to brush aside we didn't exactly brush them aside but we got the results mm -hmm. so you kind of having the same sort of thing well, I think my takes on them beating West Ham is obviously a brilliant result. <laughs> That's obviously one we like to see. West Ham being absolutely shocking at the moment. And on that note, I haven't heard any West Ham fans piping up in the first three games and that doesn't normally happen so that's that's nice. Um, they were unfortunate not to beat Everton. Obviously, Gray got that late goal. Um, you could argue Everton obviously not the greatest side at the moment as well. But do you know what? I think I think they're going to do all right this season, Nottingham Forest. I think they're going to have a, a few surprise uh, performances. Um, just hopefully it's not this uh, this weekend against us. Um, I actually think it's quite a big statement if we can go there and actually score some goals because it'll be nice actually to get that first goal, not go 1-0 one -nil, one -nil down because you know what's happening. You go 1-0 down, a, a team like that, they see that we're going to be a team on the up and coming. and it's a, it's a game where players like that, for those sort of clubs like no disrespect to them but they instantly like the 10 out of 10 performances happen for like those, those sort of games when it always seems to be when Tottenham are in town so it would just be nice just to go there get the job done um it's another one where I can as long as we're we're just we're sensible we keep the ball we don't we don't give away any silly opportunities just just go there do what do what we've seen the teams like in the likes of like the Chelsea's in the past where they go to these grounds just they get they kill the game get the job done early um I mean not not like they done the other day obviously but uh, <laughs> just let's just see a proper Tottenham team performance and one where we can properly judge where we're going to go this season because that's it's not an easy place to go I'm sure it won't be like uh, I mean, I'm actually, I'm really jealous that Wes is going to be heading up there. I'm, I'm going to still do my best to try and get a ticket, but <laughs> we'll see what happens. No, I think you're right. Like you said, I don't think we can underestimate them. Because like you say, teams like this want to prove a point to, to big teams like Tottenham. And, and like you said, sadly, sometimes Tottenham are the ones that do that. But Richard, I'm hoping we don't obviously bow down to them and, and make them come and play us. Because like you said, and like Maxi said, this is a, another game that we need to get the job done and get another three points. Yes, I'm I'm a Nottingham lad, so I live four miles from the stadium. Um, I've done a bit of work with the academy as well. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's always one, right? Um, um, and I've done some work with the academy, so and I've got a bit of intel about the players that have come in. Um, I think Forest is it's an interesting concept with I, I think the. The fans play a massive plot, part in the in the stadium. Uh, they are massively behind the team, win, lose or draw. Um, very much atmosphere like at Crystal Palace. You're quite close to the the the, the actual pitch, um, and a big big fan base outside the ground as well as inside the ground. Uh, so very intimidating. Um, playing wise, I've I've seen most of the games. Um, I think they were very lucky against West Ham. Uh, obviously, they missed a penalty. They hit the hit the crossbar twice. I think Everton, uh, Everton are poor, a really poor side at the moment. Mm. Um, for me, I think we'll beat Forest. Um, I think they've brought in so many players. How can you how can you kind of transform the whole um, the whole team? I hope the Forest captain Joe Wall is not listening as well because I know Joe Wall really well. <laughs> 
<laughs> and yeah, I think I think we'll um, I think we'll beat Forest. Um, maybe two or three nil. I think I think we do well. Um, I think our style of football really um, is good for the Forest game because they're going to try and come at us the same. Um, and I think it might be a game where we in the first half score um, and then dominate in the second half. I like that. I would like that if we scored first. That would be that would be fabulous. Um, but no, it's great to have a bit of intel from you, Richard. I like that. So thank you very much. And um, where's it? You kind of on the same stint as well as these guys. Um, I think this has got the real potential for us to be a banana skin, and that is not. And that's just me being a Spurs fan, <laughs> oh. to be fair. Because we all know, we all know, we've been there before, haven't we, boys and girls? So we all know that with it, like I say, this has got the potential to be a real banana skin. So I think Conte has really got to drill into these players. Um, just sort of how important this game is um, because, you know, I think Forrest have done really, really well, to be fair. You know, I'm fully with Richard. They were really fortunate against West Ham. I think West Ham can count themselves really, really unlucky in that game. Um, but I think if you'd have said to Forrest that you've got, what, one win, two draws from your first sort of what couple of games in the Premier League, they'd have bitten your hand off um, for it. Um, they've signed, obviously, near enough everybody. Um, I think the the owner's playing football manager, I think, and he's just gone, right, promotion, here we go. Um, let's have a field day. Um, but yeah, I think they've done okay. Um, I was really, really impressed with how they played against West Ham. They they used the crowd um, and that played, as Richard said, it plays a real part um, in, the, in the way that they play. So we've got to really manage the game well. We've got to start bright, start sharp, keep that crowd quiet, especially first 15, 20 minutes, because they are going to be bang up for it. Because um, you know it's like one of the real sort of big boys in the Premier League is coming um, to to their place, so we've got to really quieten them down and um, and just get get a job done. I don't care if you know if it's like similar to Watford, um, you know New Year's Day where it's a bit of a scrappy game and we nick one at the end. I don't care as long as we win. And as Max said, I will be there, so it would be absolute limbs in the away end um, if and when we do score. And that's obviously if we do. So, um, yeah, but like I say, I think this is going to be a really tough game. We're definitely, um, we're definitely scoring. Definitely scoring. I hope so. I hope so. Um, but yeah, I'd be, I'd love nothing more than a, than an away day win, um, to be fair. I love the way Wes is rubbing this in, uh, Max. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I just sorry. love it. Yeah, yeah, but like, I, I think... don't know where you live. Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think you guys are all kind of right. I think... Like Wesley said, it'll be a real statement if like if we don't slip up. I, I hope we don't, but it'd be great, um, like you said, if we overcome that banana skin. And like you, uh, Max and Richard have said, we need to just go down and get the job done. Just brush them over. Like I hope we were going to do against Wolves. But anyway, like I said, it should be a, a, a decent game. So hopefully next Monday at 7pm, I'll be joined by new guests where we'll be able to discuss another win in the Premier League. But we'll have to wait until after the weekend. But before we go, I want to say a big thank you to you three that have joined me tonight. I know that there's obviously a big game at the moment and um, we'd all like to go watch that. So first of all, without doubt, I want to say a big thank you to obviously Richard first. Thank you so much uh, for joining us tonight. Um, let everybody know where they can find you. Oh, I love the shirt and all, man. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah, just Marathon Champ on Twitter and then yeah, Instagram all over that. And yeah, it's great seeing what you guys are doing. Obviously, follow you guys and uh, it's great to see that you're kind of feeding back the kind of the stuff you're doing when you're at the ground. I can't get to the ground all the time, but when I do, I try to get there as much as I can. I'm actually uh, the Spurs Ability Ambassador for the club. So that's a... a 
promoting inclusion, Love equality, that. and diversity in the in the club, which is really important to me. And um, yeah, everybody can experience that. Obviously, the atmosphere that we all and uh, I've got London Marathon. That's my next big thing coming up in October. Oh, nice. uh, seven, I think my seventh London Marathon. So I'm like training's, wow. training's yeah, training's a bit tough at the moment. So I'm like too hot or there's other things going on like football or podcast to do <laughs> oh i love that well i wish you luck in that i'm sure you'll go out there and smash it but no thank you again for joining me it was lovely and also max where can everybody find you doing your thing as well yep so vlogs is for when i can get to the game <laughs> <Where's the next laughs> um and uh yeah just next joe max and all the socials um probably the instagram you probably see that most lot most active love it. i don't know what it is i love it over there but uh I think it's just the interaction. I just love talking to, to fans and putting up random things on stories. But yeah, no, hey, Joe Max, cross the channels. And yeah, thanks for having me on again, Holly. My cheers. Thank you. I hope you find that ticket in time, by the way. Um, and I, will, I, will, I, could, I could buy the ticket, but I'm not paying 280 quid for one. No, I don't blame you, to be fair. That's, Richard, that's, that's, that's what I've seen on, on some of the sites. And I just think Is it's it? disgusting. It's absolutely, I've seen one for 150. That's the cheapest that I've, uh, I've managed to see so far. Why do fans do that? Try and resell them and make make so much money on tickets is ridiculous. It's, it's these websites, I feel like these websites must just grab a few, you know, like bots when trainers come out yeah. and stuff. So they must be. Oh, what can you do? I obviously just need to get my loyalty points up, but I can't if I can't go. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I hope you find one for cheaper because that is ridiculous. Don't go spending that kind of money. Um, and Wes, thank you again so much for joining me. Where can everybody find you doing your thing as well? Yeah, on Instagram is at Wezo32. I literally just take pictures of me being at either Spurs or at other football grounds. Um, like to go as often as I can, uh, following Tottenham up and down the country. Um, at Wezo10 on Twitter, which is like a Moussa Dembele fan account, pretty much, because he's the greatest of all time, which is why I didn't want Richard to mention his name, because I'd have been here for a while. Um, and yeah, and obviously I run my own football coaching business as well um, in Milton Keynes, offering loads of different um, football sessions. So at WM32Football um, across all social media platforms for that as well. I love it. Thank you so much. And thank you to everybody else that was in the chat tonight. And if you're re-watching this, thank you very much. Um, and like I said, this should be out on audio from by Wednesday if I'm uh, on it quick enough. But um, like I say, thank you again to everybody that's watched. And until next time, come on you Spurs. Come on you Spurs. Come on you Spurs.